there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Lampard knocking the ball wide of Jaskolainen will be, will be in my mind on the day that I die. You know when you just think, it defies science. How is, what, what are you doing? There's a good ripple effect here. Arsenal didn't win the European Cup. Porto played Monaco in the final. Mourinho wins the, FA, uh, wins the Champions League. And all of a sudden, Mourinho is the best manager in the world. He comes to Chelsea and he reshapes the Premier League to the detriment of Arsene Wenger, who should have beaten Chelsea. Essentially, you curved Arsenal's progression. That's the moment. That's, That's the, the moment. moment. <laughs> right. If you haven't listened to the last podcast, you have to go back and listen to the last podcast. That's the moment. That's the moment. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ripple Effect. As I teased numerous times in the first podcast at the start of the week, Rory Jennings joins me once again to talk about the life and times and ripples of Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard has had one of the best playing careers out of any English or Premier League footballers ever to play the game. With 211 goals, he's Chelsea's all-time leading goal scorer and a club legend to this day. Is that true? Oh, he's the best of the best. His effect on the Premier League cannot be underestimated. He's got the third most Premier League appearances, 609, only behind Ryan Giggs with 632 and Gareth Barry, 615. He boasts a total of 177 Premier League goals. This is good. One behind Shearer. Rooney, oh sorry, he's only behind Shearer, Rooney and Andy Cole. And most impressively, uh, he reached double figures in the Premier League for 10 successive seasons. How can Chelsea fans not love him after his amazing contribution? And how much of a servant has he been to the club? The answer is it's impossible. But his career and life extends far beyond the numerical aspects of the game. His legacy, both as a player and a manager, has caused shockwaves throughout the footballing landscape and England and Europe, and today we're going to explore this in huge detail. I'm so excited about this one, because this is one of your guys, like, and I mean this specifically in terms of you and your age, mm. like, there are certain areas, I think, of your life, I mean, we're only at a certain age, but there's only cer- there's certain periods of your life where it just means so much, yes. and Frank Lampard, both for the output, and I think, certainly as, when we're focusing on him as a player, firstly, the output from him as a player and just the way he kind of carried himself. He's, he had a hell of a career at Chelsea. It was an amazing move. He was amazing. He was absolutely everything that you want from a football player for your team. Like I think the sooner that Chelsea commission a statue to be built or a stand to be named after him, the better. I always think that's interesting. You know, the sort of, that'd be a good series. The sort of statue top three. Like yes. who's in... We've got one currently. There is one. Got, we've got Peter Osgood. That's it, isn't that's, it? That's that's yeah. our stat. Yeah, we've got Peter Osgood as a statue. And we've got Matthew Harding as a stand. Stand right. Um, obviously, at Arsenal in the new ground, they've got 
a lot, haven't they? Yeah, they, you yeah. know, they did Henri and Adams. But and if Burbank. you were, so, who would you imagine the fans would want as their three? Would it be Lampard first? I would have Lampard next. I think Lampard certainly deserves one. Do you know who else I think would deserve uh, a mention here? Roberto Di Matteo. His contribution to Chelsea, both as a player and That's as really a manager. One, yeah. like, I think Roberto Di Matteo certainly deserves acknowledgement. Um, but if I, look, if I could... Who's your three? You're allowed, you're, I'm giving you three statues. If, if I'm picking three, I would have Roberto Di Matteo, certainly. I would have Frank Lampard, certainly. And I think I would have Didier Drogba. Ooh. I th- it's the goal, isn't it? It's the it's, it's the, the goal. Go- it's, it's the, the goal. goal. If yeah, che- yeah. if Chelsea if Chelsea it boils down to one goal, it's Didier Drogba's penalty in the Allianz Arena. Like yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's who we yeah, are. Yeah. That's what defines us as as a club. That's what defines us as a support base. Mm. It's what sets us apart from every other London club. It's Didier Drogba's moment. Yeah, totally. And because we were talking, you know, we just spoke in length about Antonio Conte and Tottenham and their inability to kind of get over that line. That's why that is that goal, isn't it? Because mm. you, and, and that look, was the thing you will still, you know, you want to complete it, don't you? It was and that that, that was and huge. and and again, like to keep this on Lampard, Frank Lampard captain Chelsea that night. Mm. You know, Frank Lampard captain Chelsea against Bayern Munich in Munich because John Terry had been sent off in the new camp. He had a clash with uh, Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, silly little knee in the back. Silly little knee in the back. We went into that game without Terry. He was our best defender by far. Frank Lampard was our captain and our personality that night. He is an immense football player. He is forever intertwined into the fabric that is Chelsea. Chelsea wouldn't be the same club. It wouldn't be perceived the same way without Frank Lampard. Mm -hmm. We certainly wouldn't be as successful. And for a midfielder, I just like the fact that you said there, the players uh, have scored more goals than him. The thing that people need to hear is, the geezer is a midfielder. Yeah. He's a midfielder. Yeah. Do you know that record? There were two records that... And the midfielder shouted. midfielder, by the way. Yeah, so proper midfielder. Box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah box-to-box midfielder. The, the other thing that he would do, that it, like that record, his goal-scoring record is just actually unfathomable, isn't it? When you think about that amount of goals, that volume of goals, guaranteed every single year, That's blows it. your mind. Guaranteed to be important word here as Guaranteed. Well. Yeah, he, yeah, no yeah. matter what. No matter what. He would always pop up with a crucial goal, big goals as well. Varied goals, left foot, right foot, inside the box, outside the box, wasn't terrible in the air. He was just the perfect footballer, the perfect midfielder. The other thing that Lampard did, which I think people may overlook, at the time, bearing in mind he was a combative, aggressive, box-to-box midfielder, he broke the concurrent Premier League appearance record. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who the record belonged to? I think it was David James. David James. He was yeah, a goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. It was a, it's not even fair. It's yeah. a goalkeeper. He's just standing there. He's just standing there. You know, he's not <laughs> tackling anyone. Yeah. Um, so so the fact that he was never injured, he was never suspended. So consistent. He was he was amazing. And and you know the other thing that he would bring? Look, we can talk about the numbers and we can talk about the, all of that. But he was he was amazing for the you know the stuff that's actually very difficult to quantify. Heart, passion, personality, aggression, physicality, belief, all of those things he had in abundance. Mm. And, you know, Chelsea would play Chelsea would play at home to Bayern Munich. You know, the Michael Ballack, Oliver Kahn, Bayern Munich. Frank Lampard, there was trouble that day, obviously, Oliver Kahn, Michael Ballack. Like, Frank Lampard, really hard. Really game, really up for it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, had steel as well. Scored right, the goal yeah. of his life that day, by the way. Do you know, I just, I didn't realise that. But I brought up that game to demonstrate a different point. But I think Frank Lampard's best ever goal 
was in that game against Oliver Kahn. He took the ball in his chest in front of the Matthew Harding end. And it sort of he took it on his chest, but it wasn't the greatest ball. I think McAlealy played it over. It kind of went over his head. He kind of jumped up, took it on his chest, but as he was leaning back, it went over him. Yeah, I'm starting to get it. Go and he again. spun and pivoted and left foot volleyed it. Was it half volley? Half volley. Yeah. Yeah, it was I mean it was you know one of those goals that you see certain players score, you know, obviously Lampard could score them, but Steven Gerrard used to score. You know when you just think it defies science. How is it? What, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, defies science. Yeah, what are you, what are you doing? You can't score from there. I remember Gerard scored a goal against Marseille like that. He kind of curled it the wrong way. You know, he like whipped it. Everyone who would teach you to play football, you, you've curled it the wrong way. Yeah. It's not, you're never going to score from there. And, and you, but you have, and it's defied the logics of football. Can you remember your first, uh, first time you sort of saw, was or were aware yeah, of? I don't Frank think Lampard. I was particularly inspired when we signed him. Well, so yeah, so let's get into kind of like the early life of him. He joined uh, West Ham, he was training with them since he was uh, eight. My first memory of him was, again, me and Rory at a certain age where you used to get VHSs of like the season gone yeah. by. And the first ever video I had was, if you have any age, 92-93, QPR finished fifth in the Premier League. Yes. Top London club. Top, Top London, London, there we go. Yeah. Top London, you can tell I've got a lot of QPR in my yeah, life, yeah. can't you? Top London club that year. And it was... Uh, so it started my love affair with Ray Wilkins because Ray Wilkins almost essentially kind of like they did talking heads through the season yeah. whilst they showed games. And he was so charismatic, Ray Wilkins. He was our captain. My mate Craig always laughs at this with Ray Wilkins. because, And this is a game you guys can play uh, at home, actually. is. So Ray Wilkins is, is right up there in terms of players I love to watch. Like I always loved players who were slow, played centre midfield because I'm slow playing centre midfield. But the thing my mate laughs about is that I was like, when was he goes? Well, how old was Ray Wilkins in nineteen ninety three? And I was like, he was about thirty six. So he said, "What's his date of birth?" And his date of birth is nineteen fifty six. Born in fifty six. So I've seen a player. Yeah. One of my first heroes, a player who was born in nineteen fifty six. Yeah, he's a boomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a good game. Like, who's the oldest player yeah. that you've seen play, and how, and what is their date of birth? Um, but so in that video. They had a quick nod to, I think it was called the Southeast Combined Counties Youth okay. Cup or whatever. Love right? stuff, right? And we had a really good youth team at the time. And we Ooh, had... Like Andy Impey. Yes. Well, now Andy Impey <laughs> was already in the team, actually, by that point. But we had Danny Dicchio and Kevin Gallen okay. up front. Kevin Gallen broke one of Jimmy Greaves's goal-scoring records. And so everyone was like, oh, he's going to be an issue with Kevin Gallen. Can you I mind if, a lot I, of people you mind if I just do it now? It, yeah. Kevin Gallon, QPR fans, maliciously and misleadingly sing that when he plays against Chelsea, he will score all night. night Gage yeah. scored one goal against Chelsea. If you ever hear a QPR fan singing about Kevin Gallon scoring all night when he plays against Chelsea, the facts are he scored one goal. <laughs> Once he scored against Chelsea. Put that in your pipe. Let us embellish. <laughs> so, so yeah, so in that video, they kind of talk about that. And in the, they won the double and they won the a cup, the cup final. And a... 15 year old Frank Lampard scores two goals I think in the 3-2 victory in that cup competition I remember thinking seeing him with his sort of floppy hair Mm. thinking oh okay there's a name there so that was my sort of first memory of him and obviously Chelsea legend but was that West Ham first of all and so one kind of ripple effect that occurred in his life was his dad was Mm. The assistant manager. Did him no favours at West Ham. Well, a West Ham fan would argue that it did him loads of favours because he shouldn't have even been in the team, mate. Well, but- yes. Well, that's it. So there's an easy one to find on, on YouTube. There is a video of a sort of fans forum. Oh, it's amazing. It yeah, is so amazing. good. And someone uh, someone puts their hand up 
and goes to Harry Redknapp, you know, what do you... Scotty Cannon, there's a lad called Scotty Cannon. He's not getting any minutes, but this Frank Lampard seems to be. The assistant manager is uh, Frank Lampard Senior, who had 551 games for, for West Ham. Harry Redknapp, as most people will know, is also a sort of a, you know, was a, a legend as a player in the 60s with Bobby Moore and Jeff Hurst and those kind of people. Not not, not uh, Ray Wilkins, that's before his time, just. And uh, yeah, he basically says, What about Scotty Cannon? Why isn't he getting the minutes? Mm. And, and Harry Redknapp, he goes there, didn't he? Yeah. He called it. Yeah, he gets it spot on. He says that this guy it will play for England. Yep. This guy is special. And yep. and you can see Frank Lampard feeling slightly mortified, <laughs> well, sat there. He's on the panel, isn't he? He's yeah. on the panel. He's sat there. He looks very young. It's 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 humiliating. Mm-hmm. Like He looks slightly mortified. But do you know what you can also see in his character? That determination and that fury yeah. that is very present in who he was as a footballer. Yeah. Like, it could be... He was a hard footballer. Like he was quite a dirty footballer. He, he was. Did, he went on the high performance podcast, and I, I watched that, and I thought that was really interesting because he was Chelsea manager at the moment, and they sort of asked him, "What's, you know, what are your kind of weaknesses?" And he said his temper. Mm. And I remember thinking, "Oh, I did, you know, he never got, you no, know, it no, wasn't no, like no, a Dennis yeah. Burkamp or a Zidane or something like that who got sent off for s- silly moments, really, did he? No, he he didn't. He controlled it well, but he was no. There was just there was an edge to his character, absolutely. Like I don't know if you've ever. He broke, I'm sure this was an accident, but he broke Xavier Alonso's foot. They had a bit of a thing. Do you know when Chelsea and Liverpool were playing each other 18 times a season? They had a thing. The ramifications of the clash was that Xavier Alonso broke his foot. Frank Lampard obviously said it was sorry, sent something to Alonso, and Alonso said absolutely not. It was 100%. You did this on purpose. And Alonso was asked about it, and he said something along the lines, well, you know what he's like. About Lampard. Right. So you and I will we'll never have that. Like, I think that comment. Proximity, right. Exactly. That yeah. comment tells you everything that you need to know. Like, yeah, And I think you have to have it. I imagine Xavier Alonso had it, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Like, Xavier Alonso's certainly not a victim footballer. He's a no. very good footballer who played at the zenith of the game. But Lampard had an edge, absolutely. Yeah. And do you know what? It's a great, it's an interesting consequence of nepotism. Mm. Because nepotism can often see someone become or they are sort of infinitely lazy Mm. because they're expecting things to be handed out on a plate. But it seems like it was a real sort of driving force for him because he had to prove it Yes. And, uh, you know, by heart. Well, he, not only did he have to get in the team, but he had to prove to you that he was in the team not because of nepotism. Yeah. He had to so be it became undeniable. More, it became more, undeniable. And, you know, we touched on that Scotty Cannon thing, but that was huge. That was huge in his life, you could see. And okay, do, yeah, do you know what? We loved, we loved that. You know, obviously, at the, at the time, I was going to Chelsea, like, home and away and in Europe. We had stickers made. We had a banner made. And the banner was Frank Lampard kissing the European Cup. And before the, you'd won it. And the comment... And the call, it might have been the Premier League before right. and then it became the European Cup. Like we, <laughs> it was an evolving, it was an evolving thing. Frank Lampard with trophies. Mm. Like, and the, and the, the one that we had most recent, the one that became a banner, there were stickers before, the one that became a banner was Frank Lampard kissing the European Cup and then the comment around the flag was, what about Scott Cannon? That's class. Yeah. That is good. So I think Scott Cannon obviously didn't went to play for Bromley or something yeah I think he went it might have gone to Leighton Orient as well I might be wrong on that I should have looked either way he didn't play for England and captain Chelsea to a European Cup correct so Lampard uh, got his first professional debut for Swansea City Mm -hmm. Swansea fans will want me to say that in uh, 1995 and uh, I think where was it it was the manager he actually got the chance because the Swansea manager Bobby Smith no sorry sorry Frank Burrows resigned 
And um, Lampard made his debut shortly after that. So, you know, Frank Burrows doesn't resign. <laughs> There's a ripple. Bobby, Bobby Smith <laughs> yeah. sorted you out there, uh, Lamps. Yeah. It's, but do you know, it's amazing when you think of the dates that you're talking about there. Because I think Frank Lampard is seen as as an iconic piece of the of a, of a kind of modern Chelsea. He's seen as he's seen as the heartbeat of the spine that went Czech Terry Lampard Drogba. Yeah. That's what he's seen as. But he played with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Like he played with Didier Jogba. Yeah. He played with Eden Hazard. Yeah. But he he would have also played with like do you know that previous era? You know, he would have played with Zola. Mm. He would have played with Zola and Hazard. Was it so what year did he did he go there? Oh, uh, it was before Abramovich. Oh, one. one. Let me see if I can find it. We went for eleven million. Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah. Pretty sure it wasn't. Well, it's was definitely before Abramovich, and that was a lot of money back then. Mm. But, and it was before the Abramovich money. It, when he makes that move, so because he made sort of um, it was a Ranieri signing, I think. It, yes, I think it was, and they finished second. He was kind of one of the key men in that in that team at the time. He, I mean, he got he got fortunate with the Abramovich money. You know, again, we were talking about this with the uh, with Antonio Conte and those players. Do you say he got fortunate? Yeah, a little. No, bit. I think he would have got. I think I, everyone got fortunate no, with the Abramovich money. Surely, uh, no, no, a lot of players didn't because a lot of players who were playing for Chelsea at the time, it was very very difficult to to stay at Chelsea then because you went from having to com- you went from having to keep compete with say. Jody Morris. You had to keep Jody Morris out of the team. Suddenly you had to keep Juan Sebastian Veron out of the team. <laughs> Trying to do a beef with Jody Morris again. <laughs> no, 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 we're friends. Are oh, you mates now? Right, but no, do you know do you know what I mean? Like it, it becomes true, true, harder. True, true, true. Like you know, you know when Chelsea you know when say, say this is why I think Dennis Wise was such an amazing player, because Dennis Wise played for Chelsea with Neil Shipperley and Frank Sinclair and Terry Phelan. But then all of that crop when Chelsea got good, Rudy yeah, yeah, Mark, yeah. He, he was all of enough. that crop left. Mm. But Chelsea sign the captain of France, the man who lifts the World Cup for France, Didier Deschamps, and Dennis Wise is still in the team. Yeah, that's yeah. harder. Well, that's what I was going to say. There, I think there is. So you're you're correct, but there is a ripple effect in the fact that he was he was good enough to play with better players. Yes, and I uh, think that yes. comes down to again all these intangibles that you're talking about. He was smart. He's a smart. Yeah, I think a smart man. footballer, yeah. smart man. Full stop. And him being around those better players, you're right. I was kind of looking at it from that point of view. Dennis Wise is a great example as well because Dennis Wise just just sort of floated up with the rest mm. of them and kind of enjoyed that. He nearly... The reason why he went, though, to Chelsea was partly down to Redknapp and uh, his dad getting the sack quite abruptly. Mm. And he then fell out with the hierarchy there. And he actually, I think he makes a comment saying it makes you look at how how you look at a club and if you want to be sort of around those people here you go, I've got it here it was a terrible experience the sort of thing that colours your own opinion on whether you, or not you want to be around the club mm. West Ham have been my life basically since I started training with them as an eight year old so he, he could have been he, he probably could. should have been yeah, West Ham icon a West Ham icon yeah he certainly, he certainly should have been and at the time they were building quite a good team yeah, you know they had some good players coming yeah. through. Obviously, Rio Ferdinand was part of part of that crop. Joe Cole was part of that Defoe, crop. Defoe, Carrick, yeah. And at the time, they had Decanio and Trevor Sinclair. They had a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it it wasn't to be, and it was to Chelsea's. It was to Chelsea's benefit. But you see, West Ham fans don't like Lampard. They yeah. really dislike him, yeah. partly because of comments like that. But you see, I think this is just a measure of the man again. It shows you his principle. He didn't know that Chelsea was going to be this upward trajectory move that it became. He didn't know that. But the principle was, 
I will not hang about a club that have treated my father so badly. You've got you can only respect that. Yeah. Uh um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it shows a sort of cutting of the ties of the loyalty there, but who, who are you more loyal to? Yeah, your father or your football yeah, club. exactly, exactly. He, uh, what Do you think that if he stays at West Ham, because what does happen at Chelsea is, Chelsea fans aren't totally sure about him in that first year. It's a, mm. it's a large sum of money for a sort of, for a midfielder slash attacking midfielder kind of, and at West Ham he'd done okay, but he hadn't, he hadn't sort of exploded yeah. like he did at Chelsea. What do you think his career would have been like if he'd stayed at West Ham? I think it would have been fairly uninspiring. Do you I think th- at do some point think, he would have um, had to leave. Sorry, do you think he? Do you think he leaves a couple of years later, having having exploded there? Do you know what but, I mean? But what could have happened? I suppose it would have been it would have been a very interesting experiment to conduct. But I imagine that the man that Frank Lampard is, he would have shone there, and Alex Ferguson would have signed him three years later. Yes. Three years I agree. He would have played for England. He would have scored goals for West Ham. West Ham would have had a, one of those seasons where they finished fifth or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Frank Lampard would have been at the heart of that. And somebody like Sir Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger goes, hold tight, this geezer is too good to ignore. Yeah, I agree. Because I think he was about work rate over, like, and repetition and being smarter mm. than anything else. And so I think that because he doesn't have like... Um, Joe Cole's sort of just no, he doesn't gift. have the natural ability yeah, of a Joe Cole or a Wayne Rooney or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like. Or the you know, or the pace of a, a Michael Owen, you mm. know, in terms of just raw abilities that he had to sort of refine and figure Ooh, it out. Graft- that long, yeah, graft- through that long though. route. So, and I think Rio, I remember Rio Ferdinand talking about him in, in terms of training because he wasn't the fastest, fastest. So he would be out doing these sort of mm. sprint drills and stuff like that before people were doing all that stuff. So I, I agree. I think he. I don't think he becomes a West Ham icon but isn't because it I weird? think he leaves. Because people were quite sneery about that. Like, you know, people go, well, he doesn't have the natural ability of Paul Scholes. Like, no, no. But all his stats are better than Paul Scholes. So doesn't that show you something even more impressive? Doesn't that demonstrate something even more incredible? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it's a turns. You could use that with the Ronaldo Messi thing sometimes. Mm. I think sometimes it's the sort of. It's the shell that it's within as well. Like it's so Lampard, you kind of you'll give him that because he seems all right. Whereas <laughs> Ronaldo's just like yeah, no. I don't find him enjoyable. No. So like you kind of that takes it away. You can spin it either way. Yeah, I, suppose. I agree. In terms of getting a little, every last drop out yourself as a player, like he certainly did that. The, the moment where it kind of changed for him was oh four oh five. You know <sighs> the change. Obviously the change of the guard in terms of players that came in. Yeah. But M- Mourinho obviously really really liked him, and we're kind of. We're going to kind of get into the the sort of culture that Lampard was probably a part of creating. Maybe the good and the bad. We'll, we'll explore it. But like that concoction and chemistry that creates that what Chelsea is mm. known for. Like you said it yourself, yeah. like the modern Chelsea yeah. and Lampard embodying that. Mm-hmm. That that sort of the alchemy of, I think in particular, him, Terry and Lampard, is is really really special kind of cold to a point but it's, it's about ruthless. ruthless it's ruthless it's winning yeah it's it's, it's output it's winning yeah. and you know that year we won the league at a canter 13 goals 16 assists for him that year yeah i'm i'm just and and and, and the, the, goal. T- the goal yes yes, yes. at the Reebok We're on our you know way there. when 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 Lampard takes that ball I was in that away end when Lampard takes that ball around Jaskolainen 
I, it's probably one of the happiest moments in my life. Bearing in mind I'm married, bearing in mind I am a father. Yeah. Lampard knocking the ball wide of Jaskolainen with the perfect amount of weight to retrieve it and knock it into yeah, an empty yeah. net is will be will be in my mind on the day that I die. There's a there's an amazing documentary about England winning the Rugby World Cup. Mm. I, I think it's called I want to say Road to Jerusalem or something like that. I think it's got Jerusalem in the title. Definitely worth a watch, regardless of what sports you're into. Things on Netflix. And uh, the what's so great about it is that so Johnny Wilkinson and all of them obviously they've been fighting to win this. Mm. And they sc- he scores the drop kick, and then I think Australia have to kick it to them, or they basically need to get the ball and get rid of it because the clock's gone, mm. right? And Johnny Wilkinson had been fighting for this for so long, and he knew that what happened was they've got the ball. They all they need to do is throw it to Mike Cat, and Mike Cat's going to kick it out, and you've won the World Cup. And he said he wishes he could have paused. Yeah, just look the around. moment when the ball's in the air. And he said he'll remember it to like till the day he dies because you've won, but you haven't won yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in that moment of pure it's ecstasy. It's like that moment that when a moment... jockey, you know, when a jockey's like ten furlongs clear and he's celebrating. Must be, on yeah. the, it must be that amazing moment. And that's like, I mean, that's a you know another discussion for another time when it comes to VAR and things like that. But like for, for that, for you, yeah. when you've you know haven't won that title before, yeah, the like, first well, you know, time it's, so sweet. It's sure. the first time we've won a Premier League. It's fifty years since we've won the league. It changed everything, and it also made it—it it made anything believable at that point. And it was Lampard, mm. you know. It was. Hey, look, Mourinho is obviously a huge part of this story. John Terry is obviously a huge part of this story. Drogba, loads of them. But it felt, for me at least, my attachment—it's Lampard. Did it need to be Mourinho at that time? Yes, because the money was there, you know. And we all talk about it so often now. You can have the money. And you know, buy, you can buy success. Mm. Would would no, you have got there? No. Mourinho, not certainly not in that first. Mourinho was Mourinho was a different. Mourinho was a different being. He was a different species almost to any manager that had existed in the Premier League before. He, I always find that really interesting. The the sort of correction with new managers. So you always go for the sort of flip of what was missing in the guy before yeah. and Ranieri was was good mm. but he was sort of a bit too nice wasn't yeah it? it didn't work Ranieri like I think I think the people are very kind about Ranieri but he had a very good team and it won nothing he won like, he had four years he had a very good team he had four years he had four years he won nothing you know like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank one of Chelsea's best ever strikers in my opinion he didn't win a trophy at Chelsea because he just didn't have that look we were up against very good Manchester United and Arsenal teams as well but I still feel like it was a little bit underwhelming. So we needed the very best. And that's what Abramovich did. Abramovich looked at Chelsea and demanded the best from the top down. He looked around. I'll tell you, there's a good ripple effect here. Porto scored a goal against Manchester United. Porto scored a goal against Manchester United that could have potentially not been given. I think Manchester United had a goal disallowed yeah, that day as well. something to do with Paul Scholes, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. I think Paul Scholes may have had a goal disallowed that day as well. So there was a lot going on there. Anyway, right. the, the end of the story is Porto win it. They win that fixture. They end up winning the European Cup. The other ripple effect is Chelsea stop the best team in the world that year. Ranieri stops the best team in the world that year. Arsenal's Invincibles winning that tie and therefore playing... Porto or Monaco, like they would have been fine. Arsenal, they would have won the European Cup. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, Wayne Bridge, the ripple oh, effect yeah, of Wayne. Monaco, wasn't mate, it? it was the, the Chelsea then. Chelsea knocked Arsenal out, and we got done by Monaco. Uh, Morientes, 
Yeah. Morientes. Yeah. And Saviola, was he there? I think Morientes definitely did us a mischief, yeah, right? And, and Ranieri went mad. He played Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank right back or something ridiculous. But... But the ripple effect here, right? How on brand am I? Right, the kidding. ripple effect here was Arsenal didn't win the European Cup. Porto, who would have won it, they would have definitely won it that year. Porto played Monaco in the final. Mourinho wins the FA, uh, wins the Champions League. Pumped him in as well. And all of a sudden, Mourinho is the best manager in the world. He comes to Chelsea, which would have never happened if they didn't win the European Cup. Mm. He comes to Chelsea and he reshapes the Premier League to the detriment of Arsene Wenger, who should have beating Chelsea wow that's yeah. a good one mate very yeah. good yeah it's um, it was like, and, and again that day that day at Highbury like Frank Lampard scored like Wayne Bridge gets the plaudits Frank Lampard scored the equaliser yeah. do you know what I mean people don't even remember it there are so many Frank Lampard moments that you almost they're, they're just so routine just always there, like all. And I think you're right. It does. I'm a Gerard guy. You know when they have the sort yeah. of him, those two. I'm a Gerard guy, and it's probably it's because he it was the dragging with him. Mm. I think Lampard was going, guys, this is the machine. It works like this, and yeah. and you had the quality around it, and he was a great part of it. Where actually maybe you know Gerard obviously was linked with. You know, there's a ripple effect there. If Lampard's not there, do they... I, mean, well, no, I guess no, they tried wait, to get him, didn't jo- they? Jose, you know, when the, one of my biggest furies when people talk about football and, and Lampard and Gerrard and all of that, the thing that really winds me up is people go, well, they couldn't have played together. Like, no, no, no. Jose Mourinho, the best manager in the world at the time, broke his neck on two yeah. separate occasions. Said they should play together. To partner them. He yeah. wanted to partner them at the club level. And it was going to happen, wasn't it? You know, it was it was going to happen. He wanted to partner them at club level. It couldn't happen at international level because you didn't have the manager. You didn't have the, so you didn't have somebody that could make it work. And if you think about the players a little bit, like imagine that team. You go, you know, Makaleli or whoever's mm. sitting there for you. Two, you could have probably did have Balak and Lampard at times, yeah. and then you had Drogba. Yes. Whereas, I mean, I guess you had Rooney for England. You could have probably no, could a have better found a way manager. The, the, manager the, issue for, the issue for England was yeah. never the players. The issue for England was the manager making the most of the players. Yeah, true, true, true. Mourinho was the reason that he could have made it work. And yeah, and we never saw that, did we? No. Because that would have just provided the blueprint. You go, this is how you do it. There's two players here that are clearly awesome. Just copy Mourinho's style. Yeah. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you had an amazing time. At Chelsea, obviously, three Premier Leagues, four FA Cups, two League Cups, Europa League, Champions League, Football of the Year in 2005. Second in the Ballon d'Or to Ronaldinho, wasn't he? Yes. And then Gerard finished third that year. It yes. Was, it went Ronaldinho, Lampard, Gerard. Which again says a lot when you're, you know, Gerard dragged yeah. Liverpool to the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, that was peak Ronaldinho. That's quite a tricky one, isn't it? That's one that looks bad in t- over time. Yeah, there's a few like that. The Rivaldo yeah. one. The Rivaldo 99 looks yeah, bad, doesn't yeah, it? Manchester yeah. United win the treble and Rivaldo gets the battle. Yeah. And also, Manchester United knocked 
Rivaldo out of the European Cup in the semi-final. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Lampard, it can't all be good for you. So he scored a crucial goal against uh, Liverpool in 2008 in the semi-final. That obviously gets you to the final against Man United. Mm. And uh, without that... And he actually obviously scores in the final as well. Scores in and the if final. he's not... And it Another felt like it was his, goal. didn't it? it felt, no, I've never seen that goal. Sorry? I've never seen that goal. I was in the toilet in Moscow. I was in the Luzhniki. I was in the toilet in a pouring rain when the goal was scored. And I, when I came up, I thought they'd scored. So I'd missed the Chelsea goal. But I didn't care, obviously. How did you, rea- how did you react? Well, I came running up the stairs. There were loads of people in the toilet. Like, everyone came running up the stairs and we were one all. It was, it was brilliant. It was just, just good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are that kind of annoying, though? Like, don't get the oh, terribly annoying. I mean, I saw Cristiano Ronaldo score, <laughs> rising above Michael Essie, and that was right in front of where I was sat. Saw that. I was there for that. Um, but yeah, missed the goal. And I've obviously turned a blind eye to that game yeah you don't watch I've never seen that no, game. No, 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 no no why would you no I've never I've I've seen the John Terry miss uh, the penalty I've seen it in the stadium it was up the other end to where I was sitting but I've seen it but I don't think I mean I, that gets put on Twitter a lot and added at me yeah, but I've done my best to avoid it yeah, well done well yeah I guess you, you have to don't you're you? never going to see that back are you yeah it's a bit like Actually, I was going to use an analogy that I know. I've got, <laughs> I've got a good QPR analogy. Oh, mine was more Cardiff. like during labour. <laughs> oh right, you just don't look at. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. What was your QPR? One? My QPR analogy would have been you played Cardiff in Cardiff. I presume you haven't watched that one back. No, no, I haven't. Though I can see it now as you, mm. as you. Alan Armstrong. <laughs> I think Alan Campbell. Isn't Alan it? Campbell. That's yeah. it. Alan Campbell. Yeah. Alan Armstrong was a player though. Yes, uh, he was a striker. He was decent. Uh, so yeah, that if he doesn't score those goals, John Terry doesn't miss that penalty, which is outrageous. That pen, that is mad, isn't it? Yeah. As yeah. as iconic, like, I know you probably don't want to live in it, but mm. like as iconic moments, you could just, that's a, such a great thing about football. You cannot write it. No, no, no. No, no. way you're going to write. These going to slip. No, that's everything crazy. about it was. Yeah, I mean, it, also we were, we were so good. But that team, it was a team. You know, that year was a terrible year for Chelsea. I did so many games that year. I went to Olympiacos in the quarter. I did so many. I think we got. It was a losing year for Chelsea. 2008. You know, they call, talk about the 2008 crash. I always right. think about it as Chelsea. I always think, oh, wait, you're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, it was It was the worst season. I think if you were to speak to maybe Lampard, you know, the, like, the icons of that team, they would say it the as well. It was painful season. It was painful. It was yeah. the season where I kind of dedicated my life to following Chelsea home and away in, and in Europe. And it was just terrible. We got... We got to the, we finished second in the league, which is effectively the finalists, right? We yeah. finished second in the league, so we lost that final on the final day as well. We lost the final of the European Cup in Moscow in the pouring rain. We lost the final of the League Cup to Tottenham, yeah. the last time they won a trophy. And we got knocked out of the FA Cup by Barnsley. And it was so depressing because I was on my way to Barnsley and Manchester United had played earlier that day and Portsmouth had knocked them out of the cup. So we were on our way to Barnsley going, Guaranteed. they're out of the cup, we've won it. Yeah, And Barnsley beat us. It was just Avram Grant's mediocre Chelsea approach. Yeah, that was a funny appointment. Really strange appointment. He sort of hung in there. Mm. This will cheer you up. That title win in uh, 2005 uh, from Chelsea, it prevented Arsenal from winning their third title in four seasons. Mm. And that meant that Vieira left after that season. Yep. Ashley Cole left the season after that. And essentially you curbed Arsenal's progression. It was the dismantling of Arsenal. There was a, mm. there was actually, do you know, like the microcosm, the one moment. We played them. We played them at Highbury around Christmas, like between Christmas and New Year, I think. And there's a moment where Joe Cole goes shoulder to shoulder with Sol Campbell and beats him. Shoulder to shoulder with Sol. 
for strength. Yeah, he just they 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 clash shoulder to shoulder. Campbell falls over. Cole takes it with his left foot, curls it in, and right. I think Robin had scored that day. We beat him two 0 fairly easy. I, I was at the game, and it, and it was also you know when you're kind of like that's not the sole Campbell I know. That's right, right. That's yeah, not there's a crack here. Yeah, right. there's a cr- like the cr- like the 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 rise of Chelsea, and I think why there is a lot of animosity towards Chelsea as a club from Arsenal. Like you know people with. People who write, who have a sympathy towards Arsenal, they really dislike Chelsea. Matthew Said, for example, really dislikes Chelsea. Oli Holt, for example, really okay. dislikes Chelsea. I think it's because not only did the rise of Chelsea annoy them, but it was so inexorably linked to the demise of Arsenal. Right. The, the two things. Sort of double whammy. Yeah, yeah. Like Arsenal then, fairly soon after that, Arsenal went a decade without a trophy. Do you think it's a sort of, um, for want of a better word, the sort of purity that yes. Arsenal sees. It's what they would say. Well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were we were building something. We were on the cusp of something truly incredible. You know, they'd won the double twice in four years. They had been to a European final. It felt like it was them. The crescendo was coming. Yeah. And suddenly, suddenly it changed, like completely changed. And the skyline of London never, ever has been the same and will be the same again. Like, look look at what's happened, just like in a really small way. Arsenal, I, this isn't even a pop. They are a huge club. I don't even need to say that. They're a massive club. And in the pantheon of greats, Arsenal were very present. You could even argue that they're bigger than Chelsea, right? If you If you want. And most people may. I could make a counter. But listen to this. Arsenal won a European Cup 30 years ago. Alan Smith scored against Palmer, 1994. Mm. Since then, Chelsea have won seven European wow. trophies. They haven't won a European trophy for 30 years. We've won seven. And we've become club world. We're not even counting that. Do you see? And, and I think Arsenal would have looked at who they were in 94 mm. and who Chelsea were in 94 and gone, well, if, if, if a London club by 2024 is going to have won seven European trophies, it ain't them. Yeah, yeah. And it has to be us because it ain't Tottenham either. There's, do you know they're really lucky, Arsenal, I guess? Because you could start, you, you could make a thing out of this. You know, you talk about Spursy. The word works. Arsenally, you can't. You can't. <laughs> what do, do you think? It, do you think that's what it is? I think no, that's it's, what's saving them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the domestic trophy grammar. As well. yeah. But you're right. Even, even the, the two Champions Leagues alone is just a salt. Yeah, that's huge yeah. salt in the wound. Do, do you know it? what it is? Well, you know, like on a, on a Lampard conversation. Do you know the, there is one moment I can remember being at Upton Park. I think this is the Lampard moment. Upton Park, the bowling right, probably one of the most intimidating grounds I've ever been to. And you know, I've been, I've done Istanbul. I've done like I've I've seen football played in virtual America, Japan, Brazil. I've seen football all over the place. That old that old West Ham ground was proper, was right? It's Chicken great. run and all that. Yeah, it was a proper yeah, yeah. away day. We went there, December, freezing, dark, intimidating, and they hated Lampard. They hated him. They hated like the venom. You know, you know the 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 example that's often used for like palpable hatred in football stadiums is Sol Campbell going to White Hot Lane. And that's certainly true. But Lampard going to Upton Park, I have personally never seen anything like it. I've never seen an individual Mm. targeted like that. Yeah. Look at Lampard's record against West Ham. Just to just to understand the man. Look at what... Do you know what he did that day? Let's try and find it. Let's try talking. Do you know what? What he did that day, he was forced, due to a weird couple of decisions from a ref he was forced to take a penalty three times 
So he scored. So he takes the first penalty. He scores. The ref blows a whistle. You've got to retake it. He scores. The ref blows a whistle. You've got to retake it. So he scored twice. And the pressure is building, isn't it? The noise is building. A cacophony of pressure is building. Third time. Scores again. Three times. Under that amount of pressure. In a cauldron of hate. That's amazing. The other thing. He scored his 200, 200 goals is a moment, right? 200 goals for Chelsea. Scores his 200th goal against who? <laughs> gonna guess we're, I'm going to go with West Ham. Go, go, yeah. If it's not West Ham, it's a bad story. But yeah. against West Ham. I, I've got to find this because I think this, if I can find it, it'd be amazing. But it's, opponents. It's, maybe. I, 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 dread, I don't know the numbers, but you know when it really mattered? And obviously for Lampard, going to West Ham or playing West Ham at home really matters. Just didn't lose. Tottenham. Tottenham fans used to give him a real rough ride. We just didn't lose. And the culture at Chelsea, and this is what Graham Potter is troubling me because he is changing it, but losing at Chelsea hasn't been acceptable for 25 years, partly because of the contribution of people like Frank Lampard. Well, losing yeah. to Tottenham hasn't been acceptable for 35 years. So the, so on the first podcast of the Revolution, we were talking about sort of if you sacked Potter now, that Abramovich ruthless culture is not, really Abramovich's anymore no it's kind of it's the Chelsea way mm. do you you know do you think that's already happened and was it as much as it was Abramovich it was people like Lampard and Terry and Mourinho and all those all those characters along the way yeah I think I think what you define as Chelsea you know like certain people embody the club certain traits in footballers embody the club for example people who have never been linked to Chelsea can exude Chelsea qualities I, I would say a good example of this would be Diego Simeone sure Diego Simeone no you no see af- I can see no it. affiliation yeah, yeah. to Chelsea whatsoever but I feel like Diego Simeone would be very at home and in keeping with the traditions of Chelsea football club well, again we, we're talking about with Conte we, it's very easy for, for everyone to go well, swap Conte and Potter because exactly. Potter kind of fits Tottenham that little bit Potter better. fits Tottenham exactly yeah. and but the but the reason that you define it that way, what your perception is as an opposing fan, what my perception is as part of who I am, it's built by people like people Frank before, Lampard. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's made us who we are today, which is why what's going on at the moment is so infuriating. Because <laughs> this isn't us. This isn't it. Like, Graham Potter is so wet, isn't he? Like, he's so... He, you, know, you know that edge that we spoke about with regard to Lampard? You need it. Mourinho had it. You know, we've seen it countless times in Mourinho. Conte obviously had it. Tuchel had it. So how do you feel about patience? I don't... I feel about... I, th- I don't think it's a prerequisite of anything. I think be patient with people who deserve patience and and there's no point in persevering with somebody who's clearly not good. Well, yeah, well, that's, I guess, the mix between the, the ruthless... Because, like, say Arteta... Mm. If Arteta was Chelsea manager, you know, we never got there, would he? Do you know what's going to happen, though, James, right? You had this when we were kids. Lots and lots of managers took lots and lots of clubs down because people went, took Ferguson a while. If Mark Robbins didn't that sc- score that goal for Manchester United, they were going to sack him. And, you know, it took him a while, so you've got to persevere. And that's why Brian Robson was manager of Middlesbrough well, for so long and went down, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's So my view on it generally is... You either back, you back the man, or you address the situation. Mm. And I, I, I think Graham Potter's awesome. I, d- 
I agree with you. I said in the you're, first video. Didn't. You, hang on, you need to consult your OED. Your Oxford English Dictionary needs to be consulted there because awesome is okay. not that. Ma- there is nothing awesome or inspiring. You are you are full of awe. You are full of awe when you no, look at okay, Graham. Right, wrong word. Wrong word. I think he's. I think he's a good man. He's all right, right, isn't he? He's a good manager. <laughs> but I said the first video when he got the job, I said he'll get eaten alive. Yeah, and that's very not good a dick. terminology. It's not a dick. Like I just he, that doesn't he doesn't fit the culture of it. And you're right because it's about no. There's no there's no bend there. No, it's either like it's got to be going in the right direction or it's going to break pretty quickly. And I think like bringing it back to Lampard, there is that Chelsea culture, his overall demeanor and what is what he contributes and what's expected. Mm. Again, we come back to expectations. Like. He is a huge part of it. Who kind of goes under the radar of it a little bit. And he probably created the culture that actually got himself the sack. Yes. I mean, this, so, so in a managerial sense, naturally, I'm sure anybody listening to this can deduce that I have a massive bias in favour of Frank Lampard. And therefore, everything I do, I also have a blind spot, by the way. You know, you know some things like, don't know if you have this in your life. They say, they say, they mention this to me on the club. I can't see it when it isn't positive for Lampard like I can't process it because right. I love the man so much yeah, yeah. you know the way you know the way a Range Rover that could be useful I think yeah, yeah but you know the way a Range Rover you can't see a particular point in the mirror sure. it's a very powerful car it's brilliant than that but it just can't do this I am not that I'm brilliant or powerful I just can't do this I can't yeah, see yeah, the yeah. negative but I think the circumstance has been incredibly unfortunate for Lampard as a manager Incredibly, look at look at the Chelsea one, right? Let's just take. Do you know what he achieved in that first year at Chelsea? He took what was effectively Chelsea's youth team. He took them into the top four, into the last sixteen of the European Cup, and the FA Cup final. The youth team. It's good management. It's really good management. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a and it was a good crop. I think I do think the culture that he creates as a player is what. First of all, gets him the job because mm. he's, a, he's a hero, right? Yeah. But it is is exactly what what uh, gets him the sack as well because it wasn't. Yeah. If he's Tottenham manager and they've spent the same money and he's in the same position, they he persevere. doesn't. They persevere. Yeah. They do persevere. Yeah, they persevere. And that's that is a great example of of how how when we talk to each other, how throughout the whole conversation we're saying the polar opposites and we're both often right. Yeah. Because you you're right in saying that. The, that culture gets in the sack, but it also brings in Tuchel. Yeah, who, who wins, wins you the Champions League? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, but you're you're also right in saying that like, he he didn't he didn't deserve he didn't deserve the sack at that moment. But the culture was one where, well, hang on, hang, like that that sort of um, that impatience is there all yes. the time, and it's gonna. Yeah, he is part of that. He is part the of the the demand for success. You know. You know, like I just said to you quite flippantly, and I, I didn't really analyse the words until I said it, but I just said to you, losing hasn't been acceptable at Chelsea for 25 years. And that's true. That's so true. Like, we haven't, like, not even a moment is it? Like, you don't lose. But even like even in your, like you say, the Conte, even in your worst season, Win the FA Cup. Sorry. Yeah. Win the, win the European Cup. Batter Arsenal win a final with a European competition. And, and I'll tell you, that's yeah. a terrible season. Rafael Benitez. Rafael Benitez, my worst ever season following Chelsea. I actually had my worst ever moment in a, against QPR, funnily enough, in oh, Stamford Bridge. Phillips. Sean Wright Phillips. <laughs> Come on. Like, our worst ever moment. Like, Benitez leading Chelsea. It was horrific. We went to Amsterdam beat Benfica in a final. We won European silver. Like, Chelsea have been in that Euro- Europa League twice. We've what, won it twice. Why do, you think, why do you think people can't accept that culture? 
Or do you think people are gently getting there? I don't think. I don't think. I think Chelsea fans can. Do you think they're all they're all just like on board and it's done? It's is it is. I think it's a bit of a misnomer in football that you need to persevere and and bring someone in for the long haul and it needs to be a project and you want a manager. I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with an impact manager, a manager who comes in, lands there for eighteen months, win you two trophies, and then packs his bags. We, we spoke about that on the, uh, one of the ripple effects. We we're talking about ten week managers because yeah. Neil Warnock had said, oh, "I like working ten weeks of the year," and he'd just <laughs> taken the Huddersfield job. And we sort of explored that yeah. and going that there might be certain managers in certain scenarios. You come in for a particular year. Dice could do it, couldn't he? Like in in a way, Dice could come in, keep Everton up, and then maybe leave. Yeah, yeah. And then his next job will be whoever's in trouble this time next year. Yeah, Hodgson might be doing it. You know, in the next couple of days, we don't know. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Obviously, it didn't work for him at uh, at uh, Chelsea. No, it certainly didn't. It certainly didn't by the end. And I think he was harshly treated. But that's that's what happens at Chelsea, isn't it? That you do get harshly treated. Yeah. At Everton, it felt like it was a similar. I think he was kind of out of his depth a little bit, mm. with not the kind of quality of player that you need. Like at Derby, he had some unbelievable loan signings. You know, Mason Mount to Maury, yeah. given those their, their opportunities. But at the same time, I was I messaged a mate of mine who's a big Derby fan, and he was saying, as soon as you saw him play, you knew they were going to the highest level. Mm. So as much as he sort of helped them, I think Mason Mount, he you know he stuck with him. But again, yeah. Tuchel's done that as well. So who who are you giving the credit for that? With Everton, it was kind of. I mean, he kept them up, didn't he? In that first year, kept he was able to galvanise a little bit, but it felt like too much uh, this year. But there are all again. I, we did the podcast with Baz talking about seven years of Mashiri, and mm. it's not as much as it's on Lampard. It's it's on Benitez, and it's on all these Mate. other managers, and more importantly, the ownership and how they've spent. But their this money. is the problem. This is where Lampard's managerial reign is going to be so harshly judged. But people don't take into account the context. He has worked for, as a manager, probably the two worst people that you can possibly work for. Like the, yeah. At the two worst clubs, at, for the two worst people. The most trigger-happy manager uh, owners. You've worked for Abramovich at Chelsea and Mushiri at Everton. That's such a good point. And you've been given a tic-tac twice and people are judging you on that. Of course you've been sacked. Ancelotti's been sacked from the same two jobs, by the way. Yeah. Well, Ancelotti, yeah. you could make a case that Ancelotti's well, the walk, best manager. He walked from Real Madrid, didn't he? Um, to Real Madrid, didn't they? Yeah, I suppose, but I know but it, but it was over. But I mean, it was but, over from their perspective as well, though. Everton yeah, yeah. were done with him as well, and which is, is ridiculous. And is Marco Silva having spent loads of money? Is he is he a rubbish manager too? Like is Rafa Benitez? A, oh, yeah. There's a long list there. There's a long, long list. Do you think there's a ripple effect for other English managers of players that were quality? Yes, because there is, you know, because they've all Parker, gone. Lampard, Gerrard. They've all kind of gone wrong. They've all gone wrong. You're looking at. You're looking at Bruges being slapped 7-1 and Parker going. You're looking at Frank Lampard. People were very snide about his managerial career. Steven Gerrard, it really didn't work. And he's left and it looks like Villa could even make it into the European Cup 
positions now, not the, the, the European yeah, yeah, positions yeah. now. And Patrick Vieira's gone. So all of those iconic Premier League players that have had an opportunity, in fact, none of them have worked. And Arteta, I suppose, Arteta wasn't quite the icon, but Arteta is the only one. And that's only this year he could have been sacked. Yeah, they yeah. lost at home to Burnley. I thought he was gone. Yeah. Because I think there's something here in the fact that previously it was it was a case of you have to, you must have played at a decent level or for that club as a manager mm. for a long time. That was such a thing. I wonder if we've gone so far now with the likes of Wenger, Wenger Brendan Rodgers, mm. Michael Beal, yeah. just saying, because he's yeah. the latest one, but like Will Still, yeah. like all these people that the, the thing that's going to get you, the thing that's going to get you the respect of a group of players now isn't who you played for. It's you have to be smarter than them. I yeah. think that's the only, like, yeah. There's, that's do you know the where way. I think? Do you know where I think players like Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard may struggle, particularly when you hear them speak. They're both very no nonsense. They're both very demanding, and they're both very like blokey. Do you know where I just don't know? And I don't, I, I don't know how Frank Lampard would deal with Chelsea players, Chelsea losing a game, and the players dancing on TikTok. I don't know how open to the modern world they would be. The other thing I think that these players do, who were exceptional at what they did, I think they expect it from the players. I think it was Mark Noble, actually, who spoke about Gianfranco Zola. And he was like, Zola sort of told him to do something. Mm. And he was like, look, Gaffer, I can't do like Glenn Hoddle was like that, wasn't he? Yeah, Glenn Hoddle did it, didn't he? It's like telling people to spray 30-yard balls and that. It's and and they're like, mate, I, I, what are you talking about? What are you like? What are you, I can't do that. That's yeah, not yeah. who I am. Yeah. I win the ball. He crosses it in. If anyone crosses the ball in, I'll head it. I like you could cross a Range Rover into this penalty box, and I'm going to head it out. But I can't spray a ball forty yards with my left foot. What are you talking about? I can yeah. barely stand on it. I was watching a documentary recently about uh, about Chelsea, and it was Glenn Hodder was came in and didn't want to play in his first year as the no, manager, had to. but had to because yeah. the two centre-backs that he had with him mm. didn't have the capability to, yeah. to play those passes. Jacob Yelberg and Erlen Johnson. Yeah. And, it, and, do you, and do you know who else had to play? Graham Ricks. Graham Ricks was part of that, who was about, he'd probably be the oldest player I've ever seen. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham Ricks was brought in as the assistant. You know, Graham Ricks was playing for Arsenal decades before and he had to play because we just didn't have the... Have you ever tried Glenn Hoddle's... Have you heard about Glenn Hoddle's um, trait... The thing that he would get his players to do to decide whether he okay, could play cool. with them or not. Oh, right. And, and we can all do it. It's a, it's a okay. great exercise. Very easy. It's very easy to try. Very difficult to execute. Right. You stand next to the goal behind the line. So you stand behind the line, not in the goal, but just to the just as if you shot wide, just next to the goal. You have to get the hold of the ball and you boot the ball up and it has to bounce outside of the area. Right. It can bounce once. You sprint. You then have to take one touch on your chest or your thigh, right. wherever you yeah. want, and you have to volley it in. The ball cannot bounce. So you can't just roll it on the floor. You have to volley it in. Right. If you can do that, he will work with you. If you can't do that, he will not work with you. That was his That's that was amazing. his metric. I've tried it. He couldn't work with me. No, yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure I can kick it that far. Mate, <laughs> it's hard to sprint and get it, man. You've got to really kick it high to get to it. And the problem is, the second time I tried, I booted it so high that I was miles away from it. <laughs> That's amazing. But I think that is definitely a, a problem with it. But the difference now, I don't think is the quality. It's the soft skills. I think that's yeah. a difficulty. Like to sort of, to inspire, and I think to a point, trick the minds mm. of these young players when there is so much of a, a churning, they're yeah. earning so much money. I think it's getting harder and harder for 
those players... No, unless you have the empathy. And like, like I think Dyche is very good at it. Like, Dyche, I, I remember... Uh, I, I actually conducted... I was about to say, I listened to an interview. I was, I was the interviewer <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the of, of Dyche. And he said that he... He, him and Ian Wone, they do things that really are relatable to the players. So there'll be a fining system, but it will involve something that they have to do on TikTok. It will, he talks to them in their language. Yeah. Whereas I don't know how capable, you know, Jose Mourinho used to be able to do it to Lampard. Mm. I just don't know how capable Lampard is at doing that to the generation below. Yeah, yeah. It's that balance between, not fear, but like, oh yeah, the element of f- fear installing standards and pressure whilst kind of inspiring a little bit as well. All those little things that But society that doesn't had. allow that anymore. Yeah. Well, you're like, you know, you know Alex Ferguson, like kicking a boot in David Beckham's head. You only do that when you've won five. Yeah. That's the thing as well that people forget but, mate, with Fergie. You, you can behave that, that way. Yeah, you behave. You now, yeah, right? exactly. You can behave like that when you're, Klopp could do something naughty now. And yeah, get away probably, with it. Probably, yeah. Like, because he wants to win. Mm. Whereas, like, you, it's so hard to get that credit in the bank. Mm. And I think that's the thing with Lampard. Do you think he can do it, Lampard? Like, management? Do you think Do you think the managerial journey is over or do you think he gets another job? I think he's got to want to. I think he's very aware. Like, he, I think he went away from the Chelsea get, uh, job and said, yeah, I was a little bit green for this. Yeah. But you can't not take that gig. never take it. No, take the Chelsea. You have to take the Chelsea job. But don't take the Everton job. It's such take, a bad job for him. Oh, such a great was, club, a huge yeah. club. Don't work for Mashiri having worked for Abramovich. But the bar was low in terms of the club, like in terms of trying or to leave once you kept him up. Keep him up and look a bit of a hero, yeah. which he did. Do you know what you do? You Ten to, games. You get no no, you go, you go, these players these players yeah. are really good. <laughs> That's the moment. That's, That's the, the moment. moment. <laughs> right. If you haven't listened to the last podcast, you have to go back and listen to the last podcast. That's the moment. That's the moment. You've just kept them up. You're not sure you can do it again. Yeah. Well, you know you can't. As well. <laughs> you're looking around that dressing room and you're going, yeah, this lot are in big trouble next yeah, year. Yeah. I'm going to bounce. Here's why. Yeah. I'm just going to do the last press conference. Um, we just stayed up. Could you just give me the list of the players that we're linked with? Yeah. Who do you think we can get? <laughs> Neil Malbert. All right. Cheers. Yeah. Right. This lot aren't good enough. I'm off. <laughs> That's what you should have done. I, I don't think yeah. he'd. The problem as well for these guys, will they would they take a championship job to sort of prove their worth? Like, can you do that? I don't do think you so. need to do that? You've got to have that fire for it. I think like someone like like Thierry Henry, I think he's confused himself now. And once you're out of it for a little bit too long, yeah. even though you think you can go and do it, a yeah, lot of the clubs are a bit wary. It's very difficult as well. Like, realistically, Frank Lampard spent his entire life trying to win Chelsea, the Premier League and European Cup. To go and ask him to try and get Swindon out of yeah. whatever division they're in. League two. It's not going to be easy. No, but because, again, it's about those soft he's skills. He's not going to have heard of the players. He's not going to know who they are. Yeah. He's going to, you know, he's going to walk into a dressing room and he's going to be, it's going to be like walking into a train carriage. He's not going to know who these people are. But you can't, how do you talk? Your inspiration has to be enough. Like yeah. Roy Keane's a good example. Roy Keane was at Sunderland. And I think a bit of the fear, but also kind of like, and the element of inspiration of like, it would turn you on, right? You'd be switched yeah. on to go, right? And he got them up and actually did okay with them. But if you, your whole life has been at that top level and you're used to a certain level of people. Yeah. You have to redefine yourself, reimagine who you are. And I don't think that's easy when you're 45 years old. And you don't have the experience, you literally don't have the experience of, I haven't had this conversation no. before where the guy doesn't, he literally doesn't want to be here. No. Because at Chelsea, they're all like, oh, please let's stay here because I want to win another trophy. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, what do you mean you want to go to Northampton? Where is that? Well, they're going to pay you how much more? <laughs> yeah. 20 quid more. Can we get 20 quid more? Yeah. No, we can't. No, oh, yeah. F- what are you talking about? I'll pay you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah. I'm not even getting paid for this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think the other thing I think is interesting is that, yeah, those players, I think those players could become the new. Do you remember there was the sort of, there was Pardew, Allardyce, Pulis, Hodgson. Yeah. This, like just kept getting jobs. But there were, no, but there were this group that was sort of, um, everyone turned their nose up at. I think these ex-players yeah. are going to be kind of packaged in that way. Like, you're not good enough. You're only getting mm. this job, which is so different to the way that it was. Yes. Amazing. They're going to go from being, like, incredibly desired to sneered at. Yeah. Last thing um, Sally got to finish on, um, the ripple effect of the the ghost goal. Oh. Would it have made a difference? So 2010, England are playing against Germany. Quite exciting young German side. And mm. uh, they go two goals up. I was at Glastonbury watching it. Were you? Yeah. And Meza was... Ozil, wasn't it? It was Meza Ozil's mm. game, that. Yeah. And we played, we were struggling for centre-backs. Yeah. I think we had Upson, yeah, who scored. Scored, yeah. yeah. He scores. And then we sort of get one back halfway through the half and then Lampard... Equalises. He did equalise. And it crossed the line and it was so far over the line it was as so well. obvious it was so obvious the thing is I just don't think you know when you, on the ripple of like I love exploring the ripple effect and, there, and you know we found some brilliant things you know we've spoken about Wayne Bridges goal and the impact on Arsenal whatever like there's great ripple effects I just thought that England team was so average so yeah so I, I, this is why I kind of finished on it because I, I think it's one where at sometimes you've got to be honest with the ripple mm. effect and you've got to go no, no. They, they would have beaten us they would have beaten us they would have beaten us they're too good they, would, they, they went 2 nil up we had our we had our moment and the game would have finished four two to Germany. Yeah, because in the second half of that game, I remember thinking. Well, I remember I watched Gareth Barry play till he was what thirty seven or whatever. That tells us everything. <laughs> and I kept going, yeah. And he was playing in the midfield there, and I was thinking, how no, afterwards? Not mm. not in that game. I was thinking, how is he still playing? His yeah. legs went in that game. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they went in that game. Didn't have the legs to get yeah. around at that moment. No, it was a it was a very dysfunctional England team that as well, wasn't it? So we go in at half time two two. We were 2 nil down. There would be that change in... Would that have been the change of feeling that we needed? Look, potentially, I suppose. I'm being slightly... I'm we were slightly, terrible before I'm being that. slightly... There is, a, there is a chance. Look, goals change games. Goals change atmospheres. Goals change feelings. And had England gone in at 2 nil at 2 all and come... You know, you come out for the second half, your tails are up, you're in the ascendancy, your fans are making the noise. Maybe. I just think that that era of England was so bad. Anything, you know, when people talk about England, anything, 08 to 14, 16, 08 to 16, Mm. it was just abysmal. It was atrocious. And the managers in charge there, they should all hang their heads in shame. Roy Hodgson, Steve McLaren, they are responsible. They've committed... That was Capello, that one. That one was Capello, but it it was... it was McLaren who didn't get us into 08. And it was Hodgson who demonstrated England's two worst ever performances at a tournament in consecutive tournaments. Do you want to get? Do you want to guess what our formation was that day? Uh, Capello would have gone, I'm going to go five at the back. We've got 4-4-2 here. Have we actually gone 4-4-2? Yeah, because we didn't have... Ledley King had got uh, injured. We had, I think Rio was... Was it Rio banned? Rio couldn't was... play with Terry. It wasn't banned. It was oh, right. yes, Capello course, picked one course, or the other. Of course, yeah. So the uh, so this is where we shut the door because you go okay two two. You've got away with it there. It's four four two. I don't think he's bringing in another midfielder. Who were the strikers? Defoe and Rooney. Defoe had scored against Algeria, I think, to kind of get us through. That's right. Algeria one nil. Gerard on the left. Milner on the right. <laughs> Sean Wright Phillips came on. Joe Cole came on. 
Heskey came on. Oh dear. So it's, yeah. it's uninspiring, isn't it? But I think it stays with the midfield too. And I think that is the problem. We got completely overrun and mm. would have continued to do so. And they were good, Germany. Oh, yeah, really good. Really, yeah. really good. So they had Ozil, Schweinsteiger, Kadira, the free in mm. midfield. That's well, it was a team that went destroyed. on to win the World it was a, It was the team that went on to win the World Cup in 2014, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, so. the bulk of it, totally. Mm. So yeah, we, we closed the door on that one. And we closed the door on a... Uh, very enjoyable podcast. Yeah, mate, I've loved it. Thank about you so all day, much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, like, even when I leave here, I'll continue. I'll yeah. phone someone. Okay. Uh, guys, hopefully you've enjoyed yourselves. Uh, if you have, um, follow the podcast for me. Give us a five-star rating as well. And uh, go check out Rory, Jennings, or The Club, um, which is also on Spotify, The Club. So go check them out as well. Thanks again, mate. Really mate, appreciate it. Honor. Thank you for having me, James. Loved it. Back soon. Cheers. <laughs>